More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Where are we with Hunter Biden? What got us here? And I'm talking about personally. We know that Hunter Biden was doing business with Russian oligarchs. We know that from his laptop. We know that from his emails. We know that some of the people he's involved with in Russia have gotten uh, in serious trouble internationally with crimes that they have committed and with investigations into them. We know that there's direct lines to Vladimir Putin. We know that there is blackmail that Russia has on Hunter Biden. But then there was another aspect of this, and, and we really need to understand the quid pro quo that was happening. And they're going much bigger this time than just Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. They're getting their tentacles into people like John Boehner and Nancy Pelosi, two people that held the same job, one a Republican and one a Democrat. And I'm going to go through this, but I want to start with the calls for a special counsel to be appointed and why people are now saying this. U.S. Senator Marsha Blackburn is now calling for a special counsel to be uh, convened to look into the connections between Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, Hunter's or Joe Biden's brother and the Biden crime family, as I call them. Now you have two more high profile House Republicans are joining a push for the attorney general Merrick Garland to appoint a Justice Department special counsel to investigate President Joe Biden's entire family with their business ties to the Chinese Communist Party. House GOP conference chairman. Stefanik and Representative Madison Cawthorn both confirmed this week that they support the growing calls for a special counsel appointment. Now, a quick reminder, if you're listening to this podcast, please make sure you hit the subscribe or auto download button and tell your friends about this podcast. Share this on social media. And if you would write us a five star review to help us as Democrats have been attacking our podcast recently with bad reviews. Now, their statement comes out. After the New York Post editorial board announced their support for a special counsel to investigate Hunter Biden and the Biden's family's Chinese business dealings. This after Blackburn did so earlier in the week. 
Now, I'm going to read for you part of the New York Post and what they had to say. Their opinion editorial posted by the editorial board said appoint a special counsel on Hunter Biden now. Why? Well, here's the background. In 2018, the U.S. attorney in Delaware began quietly investigating Hunter Biden's financial activities. The probe was slowed in 2020 on purpose. We now know as the presidential election approached. Now it's February of 2022. How much longer could the feds take when they started this thing basically four years ago? At this point, you have to wonder if any investigation would still be underway were it not for the laptop Hunter abandoned in 2019 and that the Post reported on what was on that laptop and social media and big tech silenced it days before the election between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. That, after all, dragged evidence of Hunter's dubious doings into light, despite the best efforts of the media and big tech to suppress all of that reporting by the Post. The business dealings plainly greased by his father's connections, his international connections and domestic political might. It was very clear that Joe Biden was telling his son, Hunter Biden, and his brother, go make the family a lot of money and use me to do it. They were doing this the entire time that Joe Biden was the vice president for eight years. In fact, his brother had been doing it for decades when he was in the Senate. But when Hunter Biden got to be of age and Hunter Biden couldn't keep a job of his own, he decided to start trading off his father's name and his father was a part of it. And in fact, I would argue that it's very clear now that Hunter Biden's business dealings would never have come to fruition if it wasn't for his father's not just support, but involvement in all of his business dealings, which he lied about during the campaign, claiming he knew nothing about his son's business dealings. And then pictures start to surface of him playing golf with all the people that Hunter Biden does business with. We know from that famous audio recording that Hunter Biden was on the board of Burisma in Ukraine. We also know now that there's a good reason, there may be a very good reason why Joe Biden is taking his hand off Ukraine because Ukraine screwed his family's business and the empire that he had built, where his son and his brother traded political favors to get in connection with now the president of the United States of America. I go back to the point I made a moment ago. You've got to wonder if any investigation would still be underway if it were not for the laptop Hunter abandoned. Now, we had all the business dealings plainly put out there in his own words, in his own emails. It was very clear that his father was forced to grease the wheels to get any of these business deals done, which he lied about. And we also know that there was money going to the big guy, which was very clearly Joe Biden. Now, it's tricky for any Justice Department to investigate the president and his family. And this is one has already shown clear signs of politicalization, this Justice Department. The Attorney General Merrick Garland himself playing along with a White House Eager to put the fear of the FBI and parents who want to speak their minds at local school board meetings shows you just how political the FBI has become. It's past time, the Post says, for Garland to explain why he hasn't named a special counsel. The amount of money going to the family, the Biden crime family, well over $30 million directly coming from China. All of this has come out. This idea has been battled around at least since Hunter Biden's art sales surfaced as well. Now, let's hit pause and talk about those art selling 
finger paintings for a moment. A.G. Garland has been asked to appoint a special counsel to investigate Hunter Biden. Part of it's because of the art that has been sold. What is it worth? The attorney general was pressed recently to appoint a special counsel to investigate the art sales alone of Hunter Biden's and the president's son, where some of that art is even in the White House right now. His novice works have been sold, we've been told, of upwards of a half a million dollars. Representative Ken Buck, a Republican from Colorado, began his line of questioning in a House Judiciary Committee hearing by showing two pieces of artwork from Claude Monet and Edgar Degas, listed and sold at Christie's for $700,000 million, respectively. Now, you know the name Monet, you know the name Degas, as these are some of the most famous names in art. And their artwork sold at Christie's for $700,000 and $500,000, respectively. Immediately after, he showed a third painting. You may recognize this painting as a Hunter Biden. The Hunter Biden painting sold for 500000 Buck said, noting that the president's son lacks an artistic background and was unable to find a gallery to list his artwork in before his dad became president in 2020. He went on to say, and what happened in 2020 that changed all that is that his name became valuable because his dad became the president of the United States of America. Now a single piece of art from Hunter Biden sells for more than the average American home, to put it in perspective. How is it that two of the most famous artists of all time, Monet and Degas, have paintings selling for the same exact amount as Hunter Biden? If it wasn't for his father being in the White House, this wouldn't be happening. Buck proceeded to ask Garland if he would appoint a special counsel to investigate Hunter Biden just on the issue of the art, noting his office sent a letter to the Department of Justice, Justice making the same request. Quote, for the same reason, I'm not, I'm not to respond to questions about investigations of, of the former president or anyone else. I'm not going to discuss or otherwise with respect to any U.S. citizen Garland's answer. So he decided to invoke Trump there and investigations into Trump is the reason why he wouldn't comment. Congressman Buck pushed back again, saying, you are allowed to tell us whether you will appoint a special counsel. Garland responded by saying he was unaware that Buck's office had sent the letter. Now, as Buck's time expired, Representative Eric Swalwell mocked his colleague's line of questioning, saying, General Garland, you may not get these four hours back, but you may get some art history credit for today. That is how Eric Swalwell, the guy who was sleeping literally with the enemy, Chinese spies decided to respond. You know where his allegiance clearly lay, no pun intended. Now, Buck's letter outlined a DOJ criminal tax investigation into Hunter Biden that was launched last year, which is another reason why the amount of smoke coming out of the house of Biden, the family of Biden has not, it's no longer smoke, it's a full-blown fire. I would argue a five-alarm fire, which is exactly why we're going to do a five-part series on this family, because there's too much information to get into just one or two conversations. Now, Buck's letter not only outlined the DOJ's criminal tax investigation to Hunter Biden that was launched last year, but he also noted the possible involvement of the president of the United States of America as well. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. 
We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it would have been Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my this idea of, what do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, Congressman Buck also said it's now apparent that President Biden could be directly implicated in the ongoing investigations into his son's money transfers and dealings, raising serious questions regarding whether then-Vice President Joe Biden was aware of and possibly benefited from the influence peddling operation led by his son. Based on Hunter Biden's own words, it's very clear that that is a reality. Quote, it's now more critical than ever to appoint a special counsel who can lead the investigation in an impartial way. As outlined in 28 CFR 600, The attorney general has the right to appoint a special counsel to investigate and prosecute matters and individuals that present a conflict of interest for the department when it is in the public's interest, allowing the investigation to continue to be handled according to the normal practices of the department means that Senate confirmed political appointees 
who can only be removed from office by the president are now overseeing an investigation into his sons and possibly his financial dealings related to a prior or possible ongoing influence peddling scheme. Now, let me just pause right there, and I got to go back. We already know for a fact that the Department of Justice has a criminal tax investigation of Hunter Biden that was launched last year. That is a fact. It's an undisputed fact. It is, you, you can't say it's not true. You can't say it's not happening. That's number one. Okay, and again, everybody that's listening to this right now, you need to be writing this down. You need to be sharing our five-part series uh, on our, of our podcast with everybody you know. Because this is the stuff that people don't know in this country that they need to know. Number two, you have Hunter Biden selling artwork for the same price as Monet and Degas are going for at Christie's. Which is a huge problem. And we also know that there's been an open investigation into Hunter Biden since 2018. No person is above the law, not even the president of the United States of America, in theory. We clearly know that's not true in this scenario. The attorney general was also later pressed on the issue by Representative Tom McClintock from California, who noted that other communications from Hunter Biden have indicated his finances were intertwined with the president's. He said, quote, if that doesn't call for an independent investigation into the president, what would? I'm not going to comment, quote unquote, about the investigation, but because everyone knows there is an investigation going on in Delaware by the U.S. attorney who was appointed by the previous administration, and I can't comment on any further information than that. As recently as last month, Hunter Biden has been criticized for the price of his artwork and lack of transparency regarding the buying process. In fact, at least five prints of his artwork have already been sold for $75,000 each. That is a print, meaning a duplicate. Not even the original piece of art. It's a duplicate. And a team of lawyers is vetting potential patrons who plan to attend his upcoming gallery show in New York City in the spring. The George Burgess Gallery sold the prints before the October 1 opening of a pop-up presentation in Los Angeles, according to a report earlier this month. It's also unclear who purchased the reproductions, which cost a fraction of the top price of a half million for an original piece by Hunter Biden, or if any more were sold after the L.A. show opened. The director of the U.S. Office of Government Ethics under President Barack Obama has even come out now and called for the sale of the artwork to flat out be canceled or for the names of the buyers to be disclosed to prevent secretive influence buying. Now, the response from the White House has actually been exactly what you would expect from a senile, angry Joe Biden. Earlier this month, the president was finally asked by a New York Post reporter if he was concerned about the potential corruption involving his son's artwork and the sell of it for the same amount of money as Monet's. <laughs> and his answer was exactly what you would expect from an angry Joe Biden. Quote, you got to be kidding me. We also know that Joe Biden is helping his son's artwork by putting it in the White House. Now, I want to go back to another part of this story just for a moment, because I think this is so important to understand how big of a deal this is and how nonpartisan this should actually be. Ex-Obama ethics chief 
is now knocking the White House and the White House press secretary for dismissing the Hunter Biden questions. This is not a conservative. This is the former head of the federal government's ethics office under Barack Obama. Rebuked the White House press secretary a day after she brushed off the post questions about whether the identity of the buyers for Hunter Biden's artwork would remain anonymous. Now, the Post has done an amazing job ever since they were attacked for the laptop story. And that story was silenced by big tech, Twitter and Facebook and all the others. And the news media refused to report on it because they knew it would cost Joe Biden the presidency. The Post reported last week that five of the first son's prints, again, not original artwork, prints of the artwork sold for $75,000 apiece. And that prospective buyers attending an upcoming New York show were being vetted by teams of lawyers. I know this is your favorite topic, but again, it still is the purview of the Gowers. Jen Psaki said during her briefing, we still do not know and will not know who purchases any paintings. And the president remains proud of his son. I bet he does. His son's making a crap ton of money as much as Momay putting up finger paintings. The press secretary then cut off further inquiries about the matter by asking, did you have another question on something else? Otherwise, we're going to move on to some other topics. Lots going on in the world, as she mocked the media for asking such a ridiculous question. That response through the ear of Walter Schwab, who directed the U.S. Office of Government Ethics during the Obama's second term and left that post in the summer of 2017. These are legitimate questions, he began a lengthy Twitter thread. It's disappointing to hear Saki send a message that the White House thinks the public has no right to ask about ethics. After the last four years, referring to Donald Trump, these questions have never been more important. I know this isn't a popular opinion, but this stuff matters. These are legitimate questions. It's disappointing that they would continue to do this. Swab and other ethics and government experts have repeatedly warned that the sale of Hunter Biden's art was likely to draw the interest a prospective foreign buyer seeking to curry favor with his father's administration. The questions grew louder after Los Angeles Mayor Biden's nominee to be ambassador to India attended his first son's Hollywood showing earlier this month, and people are wondering if that mayor actually bought Biden's artwork, which would guarantee him the ambassadorship to India. Quote, there's no ethics program in the world. That can be built around the head of state staff working with a dealer to keep the public in the dark about the identities of individuals who are paying vast sums to the leader's family members for subjectively priced items of no base value. If there were Trump doing this, PJ Jing, Vladimir Putin, you'd have no doubt whatsoever that this creates a vehicle for funneling cash to the first family in exchange for access or favors. Nor would you doubt that the appearance of monetizing the presidency was outrageous. If it were Trump, Xi, or Putin, this would be a different story. He's absolutely right. A source told the Post last week that George's Burgess's gallery has implemented the screening process ahead of Hunter Biden's show which has been delayed until a little bit later this year. It was unclear who hired the legal team performing the, quote, vetting. Shab, a frequent critic of former President Donald Trump, tweeted that while the 45th president's ethical transgressions were worse, the distraction 
the, the excuse me, the distinction doesn't matter. So this is an anti-Trump guy who thinks Donald Trump's the worst person in the world is still saying this. Now, you got to ask a question about the Los Angeles mayor as well, attending Hunter Biden's first art show in Hollywood, a guy that's trying to become an ambassador to India. Quote, it's all the worst because Biden ran as the anecdote to Trump. So the message is that this is not just that we're not just better than Trump, which is far too low a standard, but that this is the opposite of Trump, which is even worse. President Biden himself was asked as he left the White House on Friday if he was concerned about potential corruption involving his son's art sales. Come on, man. That's the response you get from the president. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my from this idea of, what do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Eric Trump had a very interesting conversation. He has a very interesting perspective because Eric Trump is public enemy number one because his dad is Donald Trump. 
And he sat down and had a conversation with a good friend of mine, Dan Bongino. And part of their conversation was about not just the double standard here, but how insane this story actually is. And I want you to hear part of what Eric Trump had to say about these paintings and him saying, imagine if I would have done this, what would have happened to me? Question for you. Your family's been the subject of ridiculous, endless uh, witch hunts here. And this is kind of strange. His confidential emails now emerge from the Obama State Department showing that insiders in the Ukrainian embassy had some real suspicions about what Hunter Biden was up to. And what we'll see here is they said the real issue to my mind, this is from the deputy chief of mission, George Kent, was that someone in Washington needed to engage VP Biden quietly and say that his son Hunter's presence on the Burisma board undercut the anti-corruption message the VP and we were advancing in Ukraine. You know what's really strange, Eric? During the impeachment hoax against your dad, his defense team never got a hold of this email about Hunter Biden was up to. Maybe they were too busy investigating you guys for a golf course or something or a real estate operation you guys were in. I mean, this has to really kind of piss you off just to be candid about it. Yeah, you know, conveniently, they, they missed it. And you know why? Because the big guy, if you remember the other emails, right, the big guy was getting 10%. We're going to save 10% for the big guy. And that's right, they will investigate us. If we have a calm out of place, they'll go after us. You know, Dan, you know me pretty well as a guy. I'm a straight guy. No drugs, no nonsense. Yeah. I'm the first one up, you know, in the morning. I work very, very hard. Could you imagine the world mm-hmm. that, you know, when my father was commander in chief, forget about Hunter, whose father was, you know, vice president, but could you imagine a world where, you know, where Donald Trump was commander in chief and I was doing crystal meth and heroin and, you know, dating my <laughs> no. deceased brother's wife and all the other things that were happening. I mean, Dan, I'd be dead. I'd be dead. And, and by the way, yeah. they don't they don't even try and stop it. I mean, right now, with Joe Biden as president, the guy is still out there finger painting. He's selling those for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Could you imagine if I was selling my artwork as a unqualified artist to people yeah. in you know New York, un, you know, unknown people? Dan, I'd be in no, jail for the rest imagine. of my life. They try because and lock I, us I up for nothing. And, with you. Honestly. Yeah, I can't imagine that, Eric, because I'd enjoy I'd have to hang out with you in prison. Because you, I, what did I tell you? At, at dinner, I said, Eric, you know, maybe you should do a, a, a painting for charity or something. And the media would lose their mind if you donated the money. I think that's a great idea. I mean, this is how crazy these people you are. You don't, hear, but you, don't hear, Eric, you don't hear about this yeah. guy. You don't hear about this guy. No, no, you it's won't. No, you won't. I, I think that one of the interesting points he just made there was, how did they miss this email? You, you heard Eric Trump mention that. Like, how do you miss this email? How does this even happen? Did you really miss it or was it just done on purpose? Because I have a feeling it's probably an issue of it being on purpose. This wasn't this wasn't an accident. This was done on purpose. It's very clear it was done on purpose. And now all of a sudden it just happens to show up and that's now where we are with this. Ari Flasher, former White House press secretary for George W. Bush said this, and he's absolutely right, on Fox News Channel about Hunter Biden. Press Secretary Jen Psaki is refusing to say who bought Hunter Biden's recently sold stake in a Chinese firm. This despite critics demanding transparency from the White House, saying the president's son and his business dealings raise huge ethics concerns. Listen to this exchange from yesterday's briefing. Shortly after President Biden's uh, virtual meeting with the Chinese president, uh, her son's attorney said that he has finally divested from a Chinese investment fund controlled by state-owned entities. I was hoping you could commit to uh, basic transparency about that transaction, including the name of the buyer, the dollar amount, and the timing. 
the president's son is not an employee of the federal government, so I'd point you to his representatives. Oh, Ari. If this was under a different administration, dare I suggest, the answer would have been probably far different, and so too with the media reaction. That is exactly what I was thinking. If this was one of the Trump children, this would be a feeding frenzy in the press because they know it's connected to the president. Uh, and in the case of the Trump children, at least they were val actual legitimate business people, unlike Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden has made a career of cashing in on his last name and having relationships with powerful people, often international, who want access to the, pres the vice president and now the president or the perception of access that he was selling. This is a problem throughout this administration. And the biggest issue that frustrates me to no end is how most of the White House press corps could care less. They just mm -hmm. let it go because it's Joe Biden. And, and this is part of the whole original problem with the way the press covered the Biden campaign from the start and the way they cover him now as, as president. They just don't think there could possibly be an ethical uh, lapse, a problem caused by Joe Biden's son. They roll their eyes when they hear the word Hunter. Well, it's a legitimate inquiry, then the White House ought to answer it. It's a legitimate inquiry, and the White House ought to answer it. Now, Ari Flesher is a guy that I've known for a long time. You noticed in his response there, he's not a guy to overhype things, but he's making a very clear, not just accusation, it's based on the facts. Hunter Biden has made a career of cashing in on his last name. And we know that his last name is directly connected in every business deal to the influence of his father, which is exactly why Jen Psaki is refusing to answer questions about Hunter Biden time and time and time and time and time again. Go ahead. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Jen. Uh, the Biden administration today put out a big report about addressing corruption. I want to ask you two quick and hopefully pretty easy questions about that. Um, shortly after President Biden's uh, virtual meeting with the Chinese president, uh, the first son's attorney said that he has finally divested from a Chinese investment fund controlled by state-owned entities. I was hoping you could commit to uh, basic transparency about that transaction, including the name of the buyer, the dollar amount, and the timing. And the second question is, my colleague Miranda Devine has a new book out called uh, The Laptop from Hell, and I was hoping that you could confirm that the laptop is indeed authentic um, and not Russian disinformation, as you seem to suggest on Twitter last year. Well, uh, on the first, uh, the president's son is not an employee of the federal government, so I'd point you to his representatives. And as it relates to the book, I have neither, neither had the time nor interest in exploring or reading the book. Go ahead, the Tina. Go ahead, Tina. I, I think I answered your question. Go ahead. You, you can go to the representative of the person who's not an employee of the federal government. Go ahead, Tina. I think we have to move on. I think we have to move on. I have no interest in reading this book, so therefore I'm not going to read this book. Now, let me also remind you of Barack Obama's press secretary ducking questions about Hunter Biden and Burisma. This was back in 2014. This was a, in November the 5th of 2014. And the reason why I'm playing all this for you is because I think it's so important to understand how long people have been whistleblowing on the corruption of the Biden family. We can go all the way back to 2014 when President Obama is in the White House. 2014, talking to Jay Carney about Joe Biden, about Hunter Biden, about Ukraine. Hunter Biden has now taken a position with the largest oil and gas company, holding company in Ukraine. Is there any concern about at least the appearance of a, uh, of a conflict there? See the vice president's I would refer you uh, to the vice president's office. I saw those reports. You know, 
Hunter Biden and other uh, members of the Biden family are obviously private citizens, and uh, where they work is not uh, does not reflect an endorsement by the administration uh, or by the vice president or president. But I would refer you to the vice president's office. That was eight years ago. Eight years ago. This crap has been going on for that long. Eight years ago. That was the White House having to comment on this issue. This guy's getting the same amount of money for artwork while the while he's while his dad is the president. Wow. Let me remind you of November of last year, actually October of last year. When Fox News asked a simple question, new emails show Joe and Hunter Biden shared a bank account. Kind of a big deal, right? Big news. You would think that the media would have gone wall to wall. Imagine if Eric Trump was sharing a joint bank account with the vice president of the president at the time. Well, while that's hanging in the air, consider this. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki dodged more questions about Hunter Biden's recent art sales. I was hoping you could say if the White House knows who purchased the five prints and whether there is indeed a departure to the arrangement that there would be an anonymity here. I know this is your favorite topic, um, but it, again, it still is the purview of the gallerist. We still do not know and will not know uh, who purchases any paintings. And the president remains proud of his son. I don't know. Is it just me? When she says gallerist, it sounds like a James Bond character. Raymond Arroyo <laughs> is in focus now, Fox News contributor. I, I'm not even going to concentrate on what Jen Psaki was saying because she knows these questions are going to keep coming. She, she can say whatever she wants about the reporters. How big of a problem are these new emails? Uh, Harris, it's a huge problem. I mean, and this has been going on since that laptop first surfaced. We know there were these conjoined accounts where Hunter Biden even complained to his daughter that he blew half his salary paying pop pops uh, bills. He was Ooh. paying the, the telephone bill. That's that's Biden. He was paying yeah. the telephone bill, doing the taxes. There was a and, and the question is, Harris, if the money that was garnered from these foreign interests, which was basically influence peddling, if that money landed in the joint account, does that put Joe Biden on the hook as part of this FBI investigation? We will see. I, I, I just can't even imagine how his son, why would you want to share this? Like we know about <laughs> the alleged drug abuse in his past, and I only say alleged because most of it's just on video. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Google well, it. He, Harris, Why would you want to share a bank account with somebody like that? I mean, th this guy is a walking, talking reality show. I mean, he, he's living like a drug lord. He's, you know, with his brother's uh, wife. He's got hookers. He's got crack all over the table. I mean, you'd think the Biden would want to keep can see. this guy. Yeah, that's all we know uh, at this far. That's what he admits to. But you'd think they'd want to keep this out of the public eye. Mm. Instead, we've now turned to a new grift, which is Hunter Biden artist, and he's put down the crack pipe and p picked up the ink pipe. And we're now blowing ink splatters on wow. canvas and selling them for 75000 to 500000 a pop. And I love the idea of offshoring the ethics to the gallerist. Now, George Burgess, the guy who owns the gallery, mm -hmm. he gets 50 percent of every sale, Harris, of these oh. of these items, of the, the, these prints. That's the going rate. So how he's the ethics 
are all of a sudden, I don't understand. And so, as far as concealing the buyers from Hunter Biden, uh, did he wear a blindfold at that recent gallery showing in L.A.? I don't think so. No, you can see everybody. I mean, there's video of it. <laughs> yeah. Again, I mean, it's it's just egregiousness in plain sight. So you mentioned half the gallery uh, owner is getting. Didn't they just yeah. sell a slew of $75,000 a piece? That's a lot of money for the gallery owner. That's a sweet deal. You bet. You bet. Well, that's what I mean. There's conflicts of interest all over the place. And, you know, Harris, the, the, the font of this is that group Rosemont Seneca. That was the mm. investment firm that uh, Hunter Biden founded in 2009. Who did he found it with? One of his partners was Chris Hines. That is the stepson of John Kerry, who yeah. at the time was the secretary of defense with the vice president's son. Hines had the good sense when Hunter Biden joined that Ukraine energy board, he stepped back. Why? He was worried about the perception of corruption. You have Chris a layering right. of information on this. So glad to have you in focus. I mean, you, you hear all this. This has been going on for not just months, for years, for years. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough. 
that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, and this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Nancy Pelosi came out and she said something to the athletes. Uh, Many people were just completely shocked at the way that she spoke to American athletes about what they should do and not do while competing in China. Nancy Pelosi is a woman, by the way, that has been to China and actually protested in China. It's been caught on video. She was one of the biggest critics of China early in her career. She went to one of the most famous sites of protests in China and even held up a banner. It was taken from her by the Chinese Communist government, again, early in her political career. Things have changed drastically since then. She's now a protector and a defender of China when it comes to legislation. Doesn't matter what's coming out of her mouth. She's now even protecting China from American athletes, telling American athletes to basically shut up and say nothing. Now, she raised eyebrows when she had this to say to the American athletes in China just a few days ago. Make no mistake, our athletes should participate. They've trained, they're disciplined, they've dreamed, they've aspired, they've worked hard. But this year, we must celebrate them from home as they compete in China. I would say to our athletes, you're there to compete. Do not risk incurring the anger of the Chinese government because they are ruthless. I know there is a temptation on the part of some to speak out while they are there. I respect that, but I also worry about what the Chinese government might do to their reputations, to their families. That was a warning from the Speaker of the House of the United States of America to athletes, do not speak out. Do not risk incurring the anger of the Chinese government because they are ruthless. Now, if this is true and you can't keep American athletes safe, why are you sending them to China? Or could it be that she's got a back-channel deal going on with China and she just said, hey, I got this. I'll tell American athletes to shut up. I'm an American official. I'm one of the top people in our government. I'll say that to them. You won't have to worry as much about American athletes speaking out. I'll make them fear you, China, and we'll go back to making money. When you hear something like this from the Speaker of the House, you need to go back and follow the money, which has direct ties to exactly what's going on with the corruption with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. Now, let me give you a little bit more history of Nancy Pelosi, so you understand just how corrupt China is in buying off people like Hunter Biden to put influence on people like Joe Biden. We know about the famous flights to China. We know about the billion dollars in loans from China. We know about the money flowing into the Biden family. And I'll I'll dissect even more of that in a moment. But the same thing that they've done with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, they've now done with Nancy Pelosi's family. Pelosi has now been accused of being co-opted by China due to her husband's finances. That's right. 
On Monday's broadcast of Fox News Radio's Guy Benson show, Representative Michael Waltz, a Republican from Florida, stated that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi softened, softened on China about the time that her husband became heavily involved financially in Chinese investments and in Chinese firms. This is exactly what China did to compromise Joe Biden. They used his son and his brother, got their tentacles into the family, had the money flowing so that the family would make sure that their elected officials in the family would have positive moves and positive influence over China. The congressman went on to say, and this is an example of how the Chinese Communist Party co-ops people. Speaker Pelosi urging American athletes to not speak out in Beijing, not to talk about human rights, is shocking because she said it would be potentially dangerous for them, for their physical safety, for the safety of their families, if they did so. When you hear the Speaker of the House saying that you better worry about your family's safety to an athlete if you speak out, I want you to think about whose side she's on. Does that sound like she's on the side of American athletes? No. Does that sound like she's on the side of the American people? Absolutely not. She's literally doing the bidding, the warfare, the mental warfare of the Chinese Communist government. What do you think? What do you make of that guidance from the Speaker of the House? And isn't that basically a case for why the United States should not have our fingerprints on these games at all? If that's what she actually believes was the question asked to the congressman. His response, no, it, com- it completely is. But yet, she wouldn't support my bill calling for a boycott of the Olympics, nor would she support my bill saying, you know what, if you're going to sell products made with modern-day slave labor that we know is also building the Chinese, building up the Chinese military, then you shouldn't be able to sell to the Defense Department. None of those things she would support. Now, I want you to think about this bill real quick. He put for this congressman put together a piece of legislation that says if you're a company in China or you're a company in general that's building the Chinese military, then you should not be able to procure a contract and get paid billions and billions of dollars from the Defense Department. Nancy Pelosi would not support that bill. If you are arming our enemy, we're not going to allow you to have contracts with the United States government, the United States military. That's a simple bill that should be bipartisan, and Nancy Pelosi wouldn't even allow it to come for a vote. She blocked the bill. None of those things she would support. And the thing is, she's always been pretty tough historically. About Tibet, she met with the Dalai Lama, for example. She was tough, but she switched a few years ago. And coincidentally, it was about the time that her husband became heavily involved financially in Chinese investments and in Chinese firms. And look, guy, this is how the Chinese Communist Party operates. They co-opt people. Now, you look at Nancy Pelosi. And House Speaker Pelosi is not warning the Chinese not to screw with American athletes. She's warning American athletes to shut up on behalf of the Chinese government. It is very clear that Nancy Pelosi has been compromised. Compromise is the only word I know to explain this. It's compromised. 
She is capitulating to the Chinese Communist Party intimidation and censorship and even telling the athletes there's a good chance that your family could be harmed by China if you criticize. Why is a American elected official at the top of our government saying and doing this? Speaker of the House Pelosi was once a hardcore activist critic of the Chinese Communist Party. How did she go from being that to changing her tune and now being best friends to Beijing? One simple thing changed. Her family was getting rich. That's what happened. Pelosi's stance changed most rapidly during the debate over the 2008 Beijing Summer Olympics, an event human rights activists decried as a travesty given China's extensive record of atrocities against its own people. Opponents of those Olympic Games in 08 argued at the time that granting China such a tremendous honor and showcase for the Communist Party would embolden it to commit even greater human rights atrocities, horrors against people. A year later, China sent parliamentary troops to crush a peaceful protest by members of the Uyghur community, killing dozens and setting in motion the events that would lead to the dictator currently presiding over concentration camps that at their peak were estimated to imprison as many as three million people. Early in her career in Congress, Pelosi was one of the most vocal anti-Beijing voices in Washington. Pelosi so opposed the Communist Party that she protested against the Tiananmen Square massacre in Tiananmen Square. In 1991, she was a junior member of Congress. Pelosi found herself in Tiananmen Square. She was part of a congressional delegation visiting Beijing barely two years after the horrific events had unfolded. Pelosi covertly carried a banner into the middle of the square and unfolded it in front of a small crowd and the media. To those who died for democracy in China, it read. Pelosi actually fought against most favored nation trade status for China and bringing Beijing into the World Trade Organization as well. She said no. Then one thing changed all of this. A guy by the name of Paul Pelosi. Paul Pelosi clearly had been watching and learning from Joe Biden. Joe Biden's brother was the bag man for the family business. Joe Biden's brother set up the crime family, in my opinion, long before Hunter Biden got involved. Hunter Biden is just the second coming of the crime syndicate. Hunter Biden is 2.0, the second generation of the family business. Well, Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul Pelosi, started getting business ties in China, which is exactly what the Chinese Communist Party does. They get their tentacles into you, they compromise you, and then they feed you cash, and then you influence your family members, whether it's Nancy Pelosi or Joe Biden, to do what they want you to do. It's called bribery. Pelosi's human rights advocacy disappeared. Husband Paul became a partner and investor in Matthew International Capital Management, a pioneer, quote-unquote, in the Chinese investment market. He also invested in several other companies who succeed in 
drumming up business in a big way with, you guessed it, the Chinese Communist Party. In fact, the entire success of Matthews International Capital Management, where the, her husband, Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul, had become a partner, it totally, they say, actually their success or failure depends on how much business they have with the Chinese Communist Party. In other words, if they're not doing business with the Chinese Communist Party, they will go bankrupt. Paul Pelosi's classmate from Georgetown, Vincent Wolfington, set up a limousine service called Global Ambassador Concierge, which catered to ultra-high net worth individuals traveling around the world. One big market for Global, the Beijing 2008 Summer Olympics, which Nancy Pelosi said, okay. In Congress, what did Pelosi do? The same exact stuff. This is almost to a T of what Hunter and Joe Biden have done and Hunter Biden's uncle, Joe Biden's brother. Pelosi had initially been critical of China hosting the games, arguing that its human rights record should, quote, prevent it from such an honor. The year after her husband bought shares in Global Ambassador Concierge, she revealed she reversed course and opposed a boycott of Beijing hosting the games. Two years later, Pelosi held between $5 million and $25 million in a Matthews fund specializing in Asian investments. Nancy Pelosi's husband received partnership income between $100,000 to $1 million. That's not all. Pelosi, every time there's a games in China, is making money. So when Pelosi faced the same situation after the 08 games and decided in 2022, what was she going to do? You guessed it. She attacked our athletes and told them to shut up. Now, there was a session of the Olympic Games in Beijing opposed by a large contingency of human rights activists who feared that China's repression may increase even further after two weeks of global praise from the world. Unlike last time, the 08 Summer Games proceeded with heightened problems for any of the minorities because China realized the world was not watching. Pelosi has opposed calls for a boycott of the 2022 Beijing Winter Olympics, saying we must support and celebrate our athletes. She has instead supported a diplomatic boycott of the event, which is worthless. A diplomatic boycott, to be clear, is not a boycott, as diplomats do not compete in the Olympic Games, meaning it's a meaningless, worthless message that you're sending. As one united international community, we have the opportunity and responsibility to hold Beijing to account and to stand up for the human dignity and freedom in the region around the world, Pelosi said in a statement after the administration. President Joe Biden announced a diplomatic boycott of the 2022 Olympics. Shortly before the Games, Pelosi warned athletes, you better shut up. You better not behave like I did in Tiananmen Square. You better keep your criticism of the regime to yourselves because otherwise your families could be at risk. Literally threatening the athletes on behalf of China if you think about it. Again, Nancy Pelosi's own words to the athletes. 
She's very clear. She's speaking on behalf of China, and she's trying to put fear into the athletes from the United States of America so that they will comply with China's demands. Make no mistake, our athletes should participate. They've trained, they're disciplined, they've dreamed, they've aspired, they've worked hard. But this year, we must celebrate them from home as they compete in China. I would say to our athletes, you're there to compete. Do not risk incurring the anger of the Chinese government because they are ruthless. I know there is a temptation on the part of some to speak out while they are there. I respect that, but I also worry about what the Chinese government might do. What the Chinese government might do. To their reputations, to their families. Your families will not be safe. Your families may not be safe. Do you want to be halfway around the world and then your families be attacked by spies, Chinese spies in America? It's up to you, folks. Think about what you're doing now. Think about what's happening. Shut up and play. I know that's not what I did in Tiananmen Square, but I'm telling you, we can't keep you safe in China, so you better listen to me. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. 
This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my from this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. This whole strategy by government officials in America, whether it's Joe Biden or Nancy Pelosi, is very clear. Shut up. Get in line because we're making money. Shut up and play. Nancy Pelosi, she did the complete opposite of that in Tiananmen Square. You keep quiet, is what she's telling the athletes. She's telling the athletes, we can't keep you safe in China, so you better listen to me. Shows you how compromised Nancy Pelosi is. It also shows you how compromised Joe Biden is. Which goes back to one of the main spy strategies coming from China. China's main strategy with the U.S. government is not to spy on them. It's to capture elites with connections to the U.S. government. Buying off elites like the Bidens and the Pelosi's. That's what they do. In Peter Schweitzer's new book, he talks about this, saying the Chinese Communist Party's main strategy is to win win involves buying off the elites of the United States government. A process they call elite capture. They have a name for it. Elite capture. And they have captured Hunter Biden. They have captured Hunter Biden's uncle, Joe Biden's brother. They have captured Nancy Pelosi's husband and Nancy Pelosi's son. That's what they have done. They have a name for it called elite capture. They do it all over the world. You go into a country where you need something, whether it's Afghanistan or somewhere else, and you capture elites and you feed them a little bit of cash to make yourselves billions and billions of dollars. China identified the Biden family as one of the primary targets. And it worked. The president of the Government Accountability Institute explained the broad theme in his latest best-selling book during a time when everyone, I would say, needs to read this. The subtitle of the book is How American Elites Get Rich Helping China Win. And this reflects reflects a strategy that Beijing has had. They're pretty open about it, where the strategy is simply to buy off the elites of the United States and other countries. China views itself as as in competition with the United States of America. It believes it can win by buying off the elites at pennies on the dollar, fractions of a penny on the dollar, compared to actually competing with America. They're not actually competing with the U.S. economy and culture. They're just buying it off. In other words, they view themselves as in the competition with the United States of America, and this is the best way and the cheapest way to win. When there's a competition between these two countries, they want to win it, and they are. They're quite open about that. President Xi has been talking about it since 2012. And they decide the way that they can win and do it on the, uh, the cheapest way possible. Instead of going toe-to-toe with an economy and a culture, The way they can win is just by buying off those at the top of the government. It's a spycraft called elite capture. 
It's the term they use. They're not looking for, you know, leaders to be clones. There's a strategic concept they use to loosely translate means, and the loosely translated mean big help with a little bad mouth. That's what they decide they're going to call it. And what that basically means is if somebody says occasionally things about the Uyghurs or about human rights, they may get irritated about it, but that's not a big deal. What they want the elites to do is ensure that they get access to Western capital and they get access to Western technology. As long as the elected officials and corporate executives don't interfere on that, they're very happy to help these elites get rich because they're helping them in such an important way. Now, you think about what Nancy Pelosi said. Let's just go back to that for a moment. Think about what the White House has said. Right. They've kind of slapped their wrists with human rights and they've said, be fearful of China. Don't trust the Chinese. So don't say anything about them. Right. They're doing their bidding for them. They're they're saying negative things about China that don't really matter because ultimately China's getting what they want, which is a broader silence from the athletes at the Olympic Games. In other words, when it's crunch time, the idea is these elites side with China. That's their strategy. They want access to the Western markets. They want access to money. They want access to research. And one of the most successful targets of the Chinese Communist Party strategy is the Biden family. How do we know this? Because they paid now $31 million in deals from individuals with ties to Chinese intelligence. Now, let me be clear about this. Part three is going to be about the money to the Biden family in our expose. The Biden family has now commercial ties in China. They realize they could easily corrupt Hunter Biden because of the hookers and the drugs and everything else. It was an easy target. They realized that Hunter Biden couldn't do any business without trading on his father's name. So what did they do? They started trading with him. They understood the cronyism of his brother as well. And Hunter Biden's laptop and access to the emails made it very clear and easy to piece together how much they got, and perhaps more importantly, who made the deals happen. Now, the question that you should all be asking yourself, Peter Schweitzer said, is, quote, who really made it rain for the Bidens in China? Hunter Biden was eager for deals and went over in 2009 and 2010 after his father became vice president. There were a handful of Chinese businessmen that made it rain for Hunter, including a mysterious businessman who arranged a $20 million deal for Hunter Biden out of thin air. At the time, that man, Fang, was also business partners with a vice minister for state security in China, which is their spy agency. It's the equivalent of our CIA. The vice minister's responsibility was foreign intelligence recruitment at the time. So you got a guy named Chi Feng, a mysterious, quote, businessman who gives Hunter Biden $20 million. This is a fact. And Fang is a business partner with the vice minister of the equivalent of the CIA in China. And that vice minister's sole responsibility was foreign intelligence recruitment. That should have set off a lot of alarm bells right away in this country. But it didn't, or maybe it did, and people just decided to look the other way because the vice president of the United States of America. 
another businessman, by the way, that helped with that $20 million deal and wired another $5 million to a separate Hunter Biden business was business partners specifically with the daughter of the former Minister of State Security who ran the entire spy apparatus. Now, you have to be an idiot to believe that this wasn't all perfectly set up by the Chinese Communist Party and their spy agency. You got a guy that's got a drug problem. You got a guy that's got a hooker problem. You got a guy that's got a lot of issues in Hunter Biden. His dad happens to be the vice president at the time. You're flying over on Air Force Two. You're trying to get away from the Secret Service, not wanting them to come to any of your meetings. There's no records of these things. And you're flying back home with 20 million cash, another five. Now, I want you to think about how much money $20 million is to an individual like Hunter Biden. It is the Holy Grail. I want you to think about how little money that is for the Chinese Communist Party when you're getting access to the vice president of the United States of America and quite possibly blackmailing and compromising his own family members, including his own brother. I want you to think about what that's worth for a spy agency who is spending hundreds of billions of dollars and all of a sudden right in front of you got a crack addict who is sitting there begging you for cash and it only costs you $20 million, another $5 million deal to basically completely own you. I go back to what they called it, elite capture. That's what it cost them. It's crystal clear. They, they made it abundantly clear that they could capture the son of Joe Biden and Joe Biden wasn't going to stop it and he was going to play game. And what happened? Joe Biden changed his tune towards China. That's a fact. I want you to imagine one last thing. And again, part three, tomorrow we're going to deal with the money and how much money they've actually gotten, the Biden family. But I want you to imagine the Cold War days if an American first family was doing deals with Russia. I want you to imagine if Reagan's son would have gotten $31 million from a random Russian businessman who had direct linkage to the KGB. There would have been alarm bells clanging all over D.C., and it would have never been allowed to happen because our government would have realized just how damning that could be. How come that didn't happen in 2009 and 2010? It's because our government is being sold out by the elites that have been captured by China. And the money, in part three, you are going to want to hear this because it is even more shocking than I could have imagined. If you missed any of part one, which has gone viral uh, on the podcast networks, grab it. Grab part one, listen to it. It's up on the Ben Ferguson podcast, all right? Part three tomorrow will be all about the money that Hunter Biden has gotten for the family. You're not going to want to miss that as well. Make sure you share our podcast with your family and friends, other people that you want them to know this information. Please share it. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. 
of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 